Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today I'm here with Heather Osby. You probably know her through the brand and the work that she has done but Heather acts as a COO and the director of marketing in my business. And what that means is she has her finger on the pulse of not just the industry, but our customers coming in and customers going out really know or working through, I should say, and really knowing like what is getting people in the door and what different ways can we leverage getting in front of people, creating offers that are going to help the most amount of people. And then hearing, I mean, we both hear all the time what the struggles are of our coaches and ways that they can take what they've learned to really grow their own business and have their own offers in a way that fits their life, their interests, and their ideal clients. So today, we wanted to discuss three different ways that you can get more clients, whether you work in the pre and postnatal field, or you are a personal trainer in the fitness industry in general. I think this is an aspect that absolutely gets overlooked in any education and any certification, there's no like real help on how to take what you know and actually start a business. So Heather, thanks for being here again. Oh, I love, I always love coming on the podcast. We have a good time and it's actually going to be four ways to get more coaching clients. You said three, which means Mm -hmm. you already forgot the best one that was your idea. Sounds about right. So Heather was like, I have, there's like, we're going to do an episode on three ways. And I was like, oh no, but we need one more. It's going to be four, but that's that's how it usually works. So yeah, it's going to be four ways to get more clients, um, really just kind of combining our brains and I don't know, just keeping it real for you guys so that you have ideas and inspiration um, that you can apply to your own life, your own business, whether you're just starting out or you've been in the game for a while. Yeah. And I think that so many of us are managing a lot of different things, right? Uh, Many of the coaches that we talk to on a daily basis are multi-passionate. Many of them are parents. uh, And there's a lot going on in setting up your coaching business in a way that makes you money and works for your lifestyle, right? Because that's like the biggest key. Like Whether your lifestyle is that you need to be done at a certain time so you can take kids to school or pick them up from school. Like There's so many things that you can do based on how you want to live your life and make money doing it, which is, I think, what we want to talk more about today. Absolutely. And Heather and I have both lived that. I mean, we're at very different stages now of what career and work looks like, but not that long ago, like a couple of years ago for each of us, we were both, you know, really entrenched in coaching in person, building out our online businesses and doing it in the trenches of motherhood. I always call like this business is my middle child. It's my complicated middle child, but um, like I, I love it. Like, and it's it's something that has grown as my kids have grown. So we really understand 
what it's like to create a business and create offers and find your own voice and your own effort that complements who you are and the life and stage that you're in right now. Yeah. And that was always hard for me starting out because I wanted it all and I wanted it all right now. Right. And it gets really easy to compare like where you're at on day one, month one, year one or whatever with maybe where you Brie is at today or where I'm at and like eight, 10 years down the road, right? Like you're everybody, you can't do that. You can't compare where you're at. We're all on our own journey. And like, you got to figure out kind of what works for your life. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. So four ways to get more clients. Heather, what's the first one? Niching down. The first one is niching down. And what we mean by this is kind of developing your own specialty, your own coaching specialty that you want to work with that particular population. And it can feel, I think, a little counterintuitive, right? Like, oh, well, if I really niche down and I only help this subset of people, then I'm going to lose out on all of these other opportunities. And I don't think that's the case, first of all. I think when you pick a specialty or a niche that you want to work on, you can still work with other people outside of that niche, right? Like I'm known in my community as somebody who knows something about pregnancy and postpartum, which that's great. I spend a lot of time talking about that. And I still help women who are not pregnant and not postpartum, you know? So it's it's kind of a foot in the door um, to, to your business, but it doesn't have to be the entire thing. But I like having people specialize in something, whether it is pregnancy and postpartum, whether it might be CrossFit or rehab or powerlifting, like what is the thing that speaks to your soul that you just would talk about for free? Like that's a great place to start. Totally. I like to think about it. Like when you are early on in coaching, like you're kind of you're taking in so much information and it really zoomed out, right? You're just collecting, like you're learning a lot about the human body. You're learning a lot about exercise. You're learning about all of these different things. You're super zoomed out on health and fitness, kinesiology, exercise, fitness, whatever. And then to take all of what you know, you then have to zoom in, niching down. I know you say, what'd you say you call it? I say niche. You can say niche. It's like I think so yeah, so you go from like zooming out to zooming in where you really like are able to find your niche and work within that population. You get good there, you get known there, you gain credibility there, you build your skill set there. And from that, you have the opportunity to zoom out again because you've acquired expertise in this very unique area, this specialty area where you get known, you get really solid reps. You differentiate yourself from so many others, and then it opens doors to zoom out again and to help more people or have like complementary kind of clients or offers or services or whatever, because you, you've gained your street cred, right? Like you've gained credibility being the go-to person in your community for this. And now you can find ways to kind of expand what you do because you still know a lot. You still can take what you've learned prior, and now you have all of these reps from working with very specific people. But during that time, you've improved and grown so much as a coach, which then allows you to zoom out again and evolve. Your coaching, your business, your work will evolve with you, whether you like it or not. So you may as well kind of go with it and be open to that. 
Yeah. Well, and it makes me think too about um, Laura. I think it's Jawad is her last name. She was on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. We'll reference it in the show notes. But um, Laura was talking about her expertise in pregnancy and postpartum really helps her with her and expertise in helping women who have cancer and Mm -hmm. like training and returning from that in that situation. It's because it's, there's a lot of crossover there, right? So like you said, there's can be, it's not like it's, you're losing out on anything by niching down. In fact, you're gaining so much more. And I think if you're listening to this and you're like, cool, that sounds great. But like, I don't know how to niche down or like, how do you even get started? And I think that is simply sharing what you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, We take for granted how much we know because it feels so normal to us that we think, oh, everybody probably knows that. No, they don't. And so even just whether it's sharing in the ways that feel unique to you, whether that's social media, on a blog post, a video, but I can remember when I first started sharing what I was learning about pregnancy and postpartum, it's like the, my DM started filling up with people asking me so many questions. And I was like, oh, wow. Like there's a, there's a market here, right? There's an audience here. So just, it really can be sharing, whether it's sharing what you know, or sharing what you're doing with your clients and letting other people see that. I remember I used to love watching when you coached your class, uh, you would share about that all of the time on Instagram stories and whatever. And I found it fascinating. I was like, oh, that's an interesting superset combination or like, oh, it's cool how she's doing that. Like people like to see that stuff, right? Man, I miss those days. Yeah. I think that on social media, especially we assume that all of this stuff in that's like that we see about health and fitness or pre and postnatal or whatever, like anything related to exercise is common sense. Social media is absolutely not reflective of like real life and what's actually common sense. So we hear a lot of like, we have, we have filtered ourselves to believe that, oh God, like everyone already knows this, or I'm just repeating myself or like, this doesn't need to be said or taught or shared, or doesn't need to be an offer. But when you are outside of social media and in the real world, and we're going to talk about this later. So many people need your help. This is not common sense. Your knowledge and expertise and what you have to offer and is not well known in the greater like world outside of oh, social media. Totally. And like we get into this fallacy of thinking that, I think because of who we follow. Like mm-hmm. if you're someone who is a coach, chances are you follow other coaches. Right. You follow some of your peers and then you see the content that they're putting out. And like, that's primarily what's in your feed. So it's like, oh, well, everybody sees this, but you might pick up somebody else's phone and their feed has all, I don't know, dogs and snacks. That sounds like a great feed actually. Um, but you know, they don't, they're not exposed to that and, but yeah. they, they know you. And so if you were sharing some of this information, now they would be exposed to it. Absolutely. All right. Moving on. Oh no, we gotta, we gotta take a 20 second time out. We can't move on yet. I have one more thing on the, because I'm an idea person. Okay. You're a gut person and you're like, I feel this in my gut and I'm going to do this. Right. And I'm like, Hmm, I need ideas. And especially like when you're just starting out, which is why we put together that coaching specialty document that we're linking to in the show notes, because I want people to be able to like sit and look through like 125, I think different 
coach niche ideas or coach specialty ideas. So we've got people that range the spectrum from diastasis to CrossFit to personal training and talking about like what they're doing and how they're doing it all wrapped up into like a free PDF that you can take a look at. So for those people who need some ideas, we have that. Yeah. Can you tell that she's the marketing girl? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, wait, we have this thing that can help. Um, but for real, it's been really cool to see how different PNPA coaches have been able to take what they've learned and apply it in a way that speaks uniquely to them and then the people that they're wanting to work with. So it's applied in a ton of different ways and that can help give you some ideas and inspiration about what is possible and then what that could look like for you. Okay. Point number two. <laughs> We're ready. Yeah. So I think it's having multiple options, kind of like hybrid options for people to go off of. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, I, this was something that I like stumbled into, right? I don't, you always stumble into the best things, but a few years ago, I didn't have as much. I was pregnant with Liv, my third kid, and I felt awful and I didn't have a ton of time to coach, but I still wanted to. And so I developed a hybrid option where I coached in person, did some personal training in person, but once a month. So we did like one longer session once a month per client. And then I gave them online programming to do the rest of the month. And we just like check in via email throughout the month. And it worked really, really well. And it got me thinking as we were talking about this, how much potential there is for you to add options. You know, we live in such a great time of technology. And thanks to the pandemic, people are even more used to using those sources of technology. Um, that it can be, you can add so many different options, whether it's in person along with a little bit of online stuff, or you take your one-on-one -on -one in person and you also add a group class, you know, right. to it. So there's a, there's so many options that come with this uh, that you can that best match, you know, decide the ones that ma best match your lifestyle, uh, mm -hmm. but give people choices. Yeah. I mean, I know for a very long time, what worked well for me was having a postpartum specific program mm -hmm. in person in my community, but that acted as a great feeding system into a women's strength conditioning class that happened right after they would finish the postpartum program and be like, I still want to work out with you. I really like this. And that class was ongoing. They could jump in at any time. And that was a great dynamic that lasted years, years. And I was able to actually make a decent amount of income doing that with very limited time output, which was super crucial for the season of life I was in with, uh, with little babies times two, you know, like it just was, it worked very well. And then eventually you can add in a, especially now it wasn't even really like as much of a thing back then for me, but adding in that online component or a doing one-off consultations that acted as a great thing for me, for somebody who couldn't commit to ongoing personal training or the small group classes, I would do a one-time or three-time consult or something like that to help people get a baseline of understanding their body. And that opens you up to working with so many different people. And again, if you're able to kind of charge a premium for a one-time consultation, it's time valuable and you know financially valuable. And then they're walking away feeling like, oh my God, someone finally gets me. So you have so many different ways of coaching and then having different iterations of what your coaching can look like. Hey everyone, if you have listened to this podcast and ever thought about wanting to learn more, becoming who you needed, or helping your clients train well during pregnancy and postpartum so they can pursue a lifetime of athleticism, 
I want to invite you to join the team of international coaches by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Enrollment is currently closed, but you can get on the wait list by using this link. It's www.briannabattles.com slash waitlist. By joining the waitlist, you get early access to enrollment, a $300 coupon, and access to the first 24-hour bonuses. So be sure to use this link to get your name on the list and be the first to get updates. So you have so many different ways of coaching and then having different iterations of what your coaching can look like. Yeah, I think that it's, again, like there's so many options that can work there. You just have to be creative and and try it and see what works. And, you know, those people then become amazing referral systems for you. Document what you're doing, show the process to to other people. But yeah, having those online and in-person, one-on-one, small group. Yeah. And like, I think, I don't remember where I, where I heard this from, but someone was like, sometimes you will make up your offer in the moment because somebody will ask you what you have or like, Oh, could you do this? And you're kind of like, can I do this? Can I offer that? And like, you have the freedom to choose what you want to say yes to and to choose what you want to say no to. And sometimes you will create a new service or offer or component of your business because somebody asked you for it. And then you realize, oh, if they want it, there's a good chance that this is actually a thing that I can offer. So again, you have that freedom to be able to say like, yes, this is something I want to offer as an extension of what I'm already doing. Or like, no, not at this time, but we can do this instead. And it gives you that, I feel like the the ability to kind of brainstorm what's actually what your clients want, what your potential clients want, and then what you're actually able to commit to. Yeah, I love it. All right. Point number three is focus your efforts. Yeah. What does that mean, Heather? Well, I think that many of us are what we call squirrels, you know, and it's like on to the next thing, shiny object over here, shiny object over here. I know that I personally, not a huge fan of follow through, love new ideas though. And it can be hard, especially if you're like a one woman or one man operation to sometimes follow through or to feel like there's a million different ways that you can do things. And with social media, there is not a lack of ideas, right? And feeling like you need to be all the places and do all the things. So instead of that mentality, like narrowing your focus to one thing that you want to build or grow in your business and working on that for three months, six weeks, something like that, So maybe for you, you're somebody who loves writing and you want to develop some blog posts or an email sequence that people can like opt into, right? And you focus on that for three months and you let go of all the other million ideas that are YouTube and podcasts and all of that. And then once you get this like in a good, healthy place, then you move on to the next thing, right? To the next right thing. Yeah. We see so many people that just try to do all the things. Like I'm going to post on social media every day and then I'm going to start a podcast and then I'm going to like really like nurture my email list. I'm going to do all of these things and they sound great in theory, but they are also not sustainable when you are, it's just like anything with like nutrition and fitness, right? If you try to like implement a bunch of new healthy habits all at the same time, you're not going to do it successfully long-term. Like you'll have like a week or two maybe. And then you just sort of fall off certain habits, get dropped or the attention that you could be focusing on just one habit doesn't, you know, like you're not getting that when you're trying to do so many other things. So really being able to 
kind of take ownership of one component of your efforts and then introduce others. And I say this as somebody who has not mastered this. I am like all of the ideas, all of the action, like now, right? But you have to be able to say, what is what do I actually have capacity for? What do I have expertise in? What is going to be the best use of my time right now for the greatest return on investment, not just financially, but for your own well-being? What's going to like give you the best quality of life and effort into your business right now before then going on and introducing something? The biggest like thing you need to know is there will always be time to start the next thing. It doesn't have to be instantaneous. We can kick that idea or that effort down the line a little bit. This is something that like literally this is Heather's main job is to take my idea and say yes or not yet. Yeah. Honestly, like, because it's not that it's not a good idea and it's not that we're not going to do it. It's just prioritizing what's going to be effective for what you actually need right now. That's not going to burn you out or act contradictory for what your business truly needs right now. Yeah. I mean, we operate in here with focuses, right? Like Mm -hmm. we might focus on one particular program for a month or a quarter, or we focus on a new event that we're going to put together, for example. And we, we, with even a team cannot do all of the things, right? And I tried to do all of the things when I was a one woman show and I did, I burnt out. And then I just felt like I was spinning my wheels all of the time. Right. Um, so I like to think of it as like, what's the minimum? Just like, Mm -hmm. what's the minimum that you can do on your worst busiest day? Is it right? One email? Is it one, one social media post? Like what's the minimum? And there will be days where that will feel like, gosh, did I even like work that hard on my business today? But the compound effect of just those little micro movements forward, like after a month or a couple of months or whatever, it's like, wow, now I have 20 blog posts or, um, you know, like five great podcast episodes, a couple of amazing videos, like those go a long ways. And I think that if you can think about it like that versus uh, today, I'm going to write three social media posts and a blog post and record this podcast episode. It's like, it, it is like doing a, I don't know, a crazy restrictive diet. Like you can do it really well, but only for a couple of days. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. All right. Point number four is get involved in your community. And this is something that I, I'm like very passionate about. This is the point that I, I really wanted. This is the fourth point that got forgotten. (laughs) Um, As a lot of, you know, I moved from Southern California to the Boise area of Idaho and have been starting over in just about every imaginable way. And I built my business in Southern California, gained credibility in my community there over time. And then moving here, I'm not trying to necessarily get clients in this community, but it is critical that I'm involved in my community as a business owner, as somebody who I I very much want to support my community, know other entrepreneurs, um, and be like a resource for people here. Even if I'm not the one working with them, I do want to be seen as a resource and that means getting involved. So if you are looking to coach in your community, even if you aren't totally offering like an in-person thing, if you are only coaching online, uh, your warmest audience are the people closest to you, your referrals. And there are so many times that people have no idea what I do. 
not they I'm like a total stranger. I meet new people. They have no idea anything about me. Nothing. Yet this shit comes up in conversation all the time. Like, I swear, it's like I'm like a magnet for people talking about like their body and diastasis and pelvic floor and their exercise and like all or entrepreneurship, like all of these things that like I feel connected to that I do in my business. And they are the warmest opportunity. If I wanted to have a client right now, I could freaking get this client just by having a conversation, by helping her here. And we do that by getting more involved in our community. That means we can't just stay at home all day under our blankets as much as Heather and I would like to do that. We can't. You do have to know the different doctors in your community. You do need to know the different practitioners in your community for referrals to get referred to and for you to refer to them and for them to refer to you. So if you are, if you have an online program or if you have an in-person program, you still should be getting referrals from people that are close to you in your community that you have established a relationship with. Freaking critical. Other avenues is like complementary businesses. It doesn't have to be like fitness specific or nutrition specific, but find complementary um, people in your community that can support the people you're working with. That might be a lactation consultant or it might be a food prep and delivery company. Like, I don't know. Find what is complementary to the clients that you are working with so that, I mean, you're not taking clients, you're literally giving them a, a better service and opportunity by knowing more people and by having your name and your face known locally. That also means showing up to different um, networking events, which trust me, I hate to. Like I, ooh, I hate it. I have to be like bubbly and like, that's hard for me. Um, and you need to go. Like you have to show up. Even if you're just there to collect information and learn about what other people are doing, you can collect that data to get a finger on the pulse of what's happening in your community, the different professionals that are out there. And there are so many different ways to bring in clientele that way because you're able to reach out and make those connections later. You just really have to sort of jump in and join the team, even if you feel like the awkward person. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to be the awkward person. You've yeah. you built a whole business being the awkward person. Now you're not that I know awkward. it, Heather. I know you're it. You're not that awkward. <laughs> you just make everyone cry right away because you like have such a welcoming presence and people start to cry in front of you, right? I don't think that's true. I don't. People just, they tell me things. They just tell me things about their life. Even if I accidentally ask those things, even if I'm not trying to like poke and pry and be like, tell me about the worst day of your life. They end up telling me about it anyway. Oh, okay. Well, like I honestly, I'd rather, I'd rather just go straight there and cut the, cut the shit. We don't need small talk. <laughs> just dive in. But, <laughs> oh, God. Tell me about a childhood trauma when you were six. <laughs> you, you know how to ask that question without asking that question. That's great. Yeah. And then the, honestly, that's what wins me over, you know, like it really does. But, but I mean, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just even like you, you gave so many great examples and ideas, right? But also just having conversations with the moms at school pickup and drop off, you know, the kids as teachers, just having conversations and telling people what you do yes. when they ask, right? Because especially if you are, if your specialty has anything to do with women, like, they find this field of women's health and fitness to be fascinating. And I think a, a bit of a struggle, especially after women start having children, there's not as much time 
right? Weird things start happening with our bodies um, in between kids as you, you know, approach perimenopause and all these things. And if you are a resource to that, or you have experience or even just can empathize, like so many people, they just wait to say the next thing, right? They're listening to like, hear what they can say next. If you can truly empathize with another person's experience, because maybe you have your own experience, your lived experience, or your client's experience, or you're just knowledgeable about it. Like, oh right. my gosh, that just is a great starting off point. And it's, it has nothing to do with coaching, right? It's just like, be a good listener, ask totally. questions, give yeah. up. And then like, once people kind of find out about what you do, I swear to you, it's like you become a magnet. People are like, hey, I found out like what you do. I have this like really weird pain and I think I have a hernia. Can you look at it? And I'm yeah. like, I mean, I'll look and I'll feel, but like, you know, so I did that at the pool deck this summer, um, like or at my community pool, I was like poking around at a hernia. And then, you know, people said that I went on my run and like, I totally like peed and I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Like, <laughs> it's time to have that conversation gracefully, like a friend, you know, and mm-hmm. help somebody troubleshoot their double unders at a barbecue the other weekend. I'm like, what in the world? Like, it comes up and it only comes up if you put yourself out there. So even if you are introverted, I understand, like I very much have to decompress under a blanket after these kinds of things, but it makes a very big difference. Once you are, once you help just a few people locally, it starts to spread. And honestly, that is what started this whole business in California was that word of mouth, the referrals of, I did this program. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I feel so much better. I improved this or I started doing this. And then they tell a person another one comes in. So it truly is who you know and what you're doing to know more people. Yeah. And like you said, put yourself out there. I had a situation today. uh, This happens to me five times a week where somebody's like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, Oh, do I really going to get into this right now? Right? Like it's so, it's so complicated, but I've stopped just like giving these generic answers that are, I just make things up on the fly. And I actually really spend time telling people what it is that I do. And it opens up a million conversations. So if you're like me, like small talk is the bane of my existence and I'd rather die than have it. Like just take a breath. Whatever you say, Iowa, whatever you say, you are great with small talk and being friendly. I might be good at it. It doesn't mean that I like it. There's a difference. Oh God. I know. I mean, it is true. Like, I feel like, you know, everyone says, so you need to figure out your elevators, like your elevator pitch or whatever. Um, But I have found that when I kind of gloss over what I do, I think I leave people more confused. So I think when I can like really explain, like I coach pregnant and postpartum athletes, the majority of my business is online. I also certify coaches and other practitioners to know how to also coach pregnant and postpartum athletes. People are like, cool. Before I would kind of default and be like, I, I'm an entrepreneur. And then they're like, yeah. so, okay. You know, but I think like people genuinely want to know. And when you explain it, it's unique enough where they're going to remember that. And then you can be that person who they can refer their sister to after she has a baby or whatever, or like, you know, there's just so many different avenues of sharing what you do, getting that out in your local community. Even if your only offers are online, your warmest connections and clients and opportunities are the people that live close to you. 
Yep. And you'll die on that hill, won't you? Yeah. I mean, it always pisses me off. Like we're not looking at like our warmest, like we have so much potential right here, but everyone just wants to go out into the millions online and like that you're in competition with way too many people there. And it's disheartening. It's super freaking disheartening because you, because everybody is pushing something online now and everybody appears to be an expert, isn't actually an expert, but when you are in a community, it's very easy to take ownership of this particular expertise because again, to them, like we mentioned earlier, it's not common sense. It is new. When you're on social media, again, your competition's a lot greater. So when you can just take ownership of what you have locally, that will feed people into you and then it can evolve from there. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it. We, you know, covered these four steps, I think, or these four different ways that you can get more clients. And I think that if you can take even one of these steps and focus on applying that to your work, I think it'll make a really big difference in how you feel wrapping up this year and heading into 2023. Thanks for having me on today. It's been fun. Thanks for your brain, Heather. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work.